for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2:19. Now you can get all of our free interviews, blogs, podcasts, crafts, recipes, all kinds of stuff at kathycraffy.com. K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And I want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Well, I want to welcome you to the show today. If you're listening in and you found this because you're struggling with a crisis in your family that you think might be related to drugs, um, I'm, I just want you to know you are not alone. In fact, I've got the most fabulous guest today, Barbara Zemer. Welcome to the show. Thank uh, you, Miss Bobby. Uh-oh. Yeah, did I, okay. say Bo- uh, did I say Bobby? Barbara. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Barbara, it's okay. It's okay. It happens all the time. You know why? I'm looking at a picture of Barbara Bush on my wall and the headline <laughs> from the Tyler Morning Telegraph a few years ago. That was in, I can't read the date from here, <laughs> but oh, I framed it, put it okay. on my wall. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, okay, so I'm just glad you're with me, Bobby. Um, I want. We're going to be talking some more. I want to mention to people uh, we also did an episode that I think I'm going to call, well, one of them is going to be Addiction and Your Child, You Are Not Alone, and the other one is going to be Not in Vain, Real People, Real Addiction. So one reason I had you on the show is I've fallen in love with the book you wrote and, and the great courage that it took for you to pull this together, and I, I could see God's fingerprints all over it. So when my brother offered me the chance to connect us, I was really excited. And that happens to me a lot. God gives me really great people to interview for this show. So I'm really happy you're here. Thank you Uh, so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. Okay, so I want to talk. I know Madison's entry into heaven is October 10th. And so that anniversary is coming up. It'll be four years this year. And uh, by the time this episode comes out, people will be finding it. And that will be have been your life story now for the last four years. And I want to talk a little bit. I want to tell people there's the cutest picture of Madison in the book with her horse that I just fell in love with your child, Bobby. And then there's a quote. I kind of want to start there if you don't mind. Uh, In in that last uh, interview, we talked about how this can sneak up on any family, but you're also giving me some great information about how 
the age of children passing away is getting lower all the time because of the some of the things that have been taken off the street and are less accessible. And now it's being filled with other products that are more available to younger children. So that's kind of um, scary, really, as a parent. So uh, let me give this quote and then I want you to talk a little bit about what that means for families, if you don't mind. Okay. So finally, we received, this is from Mary of Michigan, the the mother of David, who is forever 30. He passed away when he was 30. And in the book, he's pictured with baby twins in his arms, and he just has the tenderest smile on his face. So finally, we received a diagnosis from a doctor who said he was dual. Well, dual diagnosis only means substance abuse and mental health disorder together at the same time. And we were already doing our part. It didn't work. The more I paid, the worse he got. Something in him could not change. My job was to simply keep him alive until he was an adult. That's when David went in deep and I could only love him and support him and encourage him to make healthy choices. There were times he did. They never lasted long enough. So I want you to start there and just tell me the different ways that families can experience this and how how it looks and how it surprises us. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I can speak for myself and I can speak for some of the moms, you know, that collaborated on this book. Um, you know, you, you somewhat expect your child, although, you know, you raise them and to go to church and to, to do the right thing and to make good decisions and choices and to be a better even version of yourself. Right. right. Um, you, yeah. Yeah, you never expect that they will be offered something, whether it be in school, you know, fifth grade, they're saying oh now fifth grade. Think uh, about that uh, is when kids are starting to experiment or they're being given something by a classmate. And, you know, I hate to use the phrase one and done, but we're seeing that too. Kids will be given miscellaneous pills uh, that are cut or, or pressed pills with fentanyl and they take it and it's, that's it. It's, it's uh. over. It doesn't have to be um, a long drawn out process of becoming addicted. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the addiction part, again, we talked a little bit about this, uh, but it's a spectrum, right? It can go from one time being the, the one being the last time to years, you know, or decades being addicted. Um, I, I just, you know, would tell all the parents to definitely sit down with their, their younger children. Um, I've even heard of some parents giving their children an incentive. If you find a pill and you bring the pill to me, or if you find something that doesn't look right or whatever, do not ingest it, but bring it to me and mm. you know, we'll give you a reward for finding it. Um, mm. The kids are young to where they're going to want the reward but it, mm-hmm. you know, prevents them from accidentally taking something, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That could be their last time. Uh, the average age right now of what we're seeing with kids passing away is 26. And even that now has decreased. Um, you know, I have some personal friends that have lost a 14 year old. It's nothing that you can be overly prepared for. I would say, you know, the more you know, the better your family is going to be. That's amazing because at 14, they're not even driving yet. I mean, you just, it just makes me mad. Like you don't expect that to come sneaking into your life. Well, and something, here's the story, something even as innocent, one of my friends who has an eight year old, uh, Mm. you know, she knew my story. She was with me as I was putting the book together and collaborating on it. She said, you know, the weirdest thing happened. She said, we had an overnight slumber party with one of his friends. 
And the mother um, from the slumber party suggested or offered her child a melatonin. Now, a melatonin is very innocent, right? But again, that mother wasn't really thinking about it, but the child didn't take it uh, because, you know, she had talked to him about never taking anything that anybody gives you. No Um, kidding. But something just as innocent as that. Kids don't think about it. They think if an adult or somebody that they trust gives them something, then it must be safe. Oh, that's so scary, isn't it? Because you don't know. I mean, any any chemical. Well, I used to tell my kids all the time, just because something is natural, hemlock is natural. You just don't swallow things. (laughs) Just do not put it in your mouth because hemlock is natural, but it will kill you. So why would you why would you swallow anything that you don't know what it is? Um. Anyway, yeah, that's interesting. Melatonin, I never would have thought of that, but that's a great, a great story it's just an to tell. How easy yes. something, yeah, something so, can be offered to a kid and nobody thinks anything of it. And, and really, it's not always going to be melatonin, you know, but. No. Well, and also melatonin, you don't think of that as being dangerous because as adults, we, we process that information. But um, I can see how that mother might make that mistake, although the rule is you don't offer other people's kids pills i mean that just seems obvious without calling them first and saying is this okay but it was an innocent situation but again the child was faced with a decision at eight years old do i take this or do i not yeah thankfully she had already had that conversation with him smart that was so smart right yeah kind of innocent but way out of bounds if you ask me i mean i just don't i'm not comfortable with people offering my children any kind of meds Right. No, agree. And, you know, and I tell that story is just how easy, you know, like an eight year old has uh-huh. to make that decision. But at yeah. least they had the talk before that child had to make the decision. Oh, I think it's a great story. It really clearly shows us how quickly we need to let our kids know to watch out for this and make good decisions and give them the skills they need for that process. That is so, such a great story for illustrating that point. Um, Bobby, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing it. Um, okay, so that's one story that really stands out, I think. Are there others like that that you would like to share today that you're thinking of that you wish people knew? Well, I mean, there. unfortunately, this is a topic that I wish I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's so many stories, and it's ever-changing, and it's, it's getting worse. Um, I mean, I wish I could say that it's slowing down or that we were seeing some... Um, some change, but we're not. I mean, it's getting worse. Uh, in 2020, uh, I think there was 92,000 deaths. I want to say it was up by like 20% from the previous year. Yeah. And yeah. those are just deaths. I mean, even in my daughter's situation and how my daughter passed, um, which you, you know, you're welcome to describe that, but um, she wouldn't have been labeled as one of those 92,000 or whatever years. You know, she wouldn't have been because she didn't die from an overdose. But it was drug related. Yeah, I want to mention that you you have some parameters about what you can and cannot say on air because of a pending lawsuit. But I found your story on USA Today. So if people can spell Zemer, they may be able to find Madison's story. I hope they'll look for it. It's Z-I-E-M-E-R. Uh, and the book that you've pulled together for all of us, it's your book is called... Uh, 
not in vain, mothers share their journey through their child's life and loss to the drug pandemic. We have one more minute before the break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about things we can say to each other that are a comfort in this situation and what the church needs to be saying and doing when we're together. So um, you can find all this information at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And we're going to put all this in a blog for you. So please don't have a wreck or fall off your recumbent bike while we're doing this. Just look for it on our website and I'll put all the links to both podcasts. Everything will be there for you. And we are going to be right back just in a minute. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door. And the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. I'm talking with Bobby Zemer, and she's been sharing some of the things, the wisdom and the heartache and the hard, I guess, wisdom you'd call it. I don't know what else to call this, compassion that she received from the Lord after her sweet daughter Madison passed away. And um, I want to read a quote from the book next, Bobby, because I want people to understand your heart about this. So this is from her acknowledgments in the beginning of the book. Next, most importantly, thank you to all of the mothers who took the time to painfully write and contribute their stories. 
It's incredible to see this beautiful act of kindness as those that are brokenhearted standing up to protect a world of strangers in effort to save even a single one from this tragedy. And I think that pretty well sums up our heart about these two podcasts we've done today. We wanted to reach out and provide some kind of help to anybody that might be suffering or feel they're in danger or feel they want to get ahead of this with their small children. So I really love it that you compiled all these other mom stories. That's uh, what we try to do. We're, people said we should build a platform. We said, let's build a catapult. And I feel like that's what you've done. You've just catapulted all these beautiful lives out there for us to understand what we lost as a nation when the death of all these beautiful young people were taken from us so early in their life. Um, okay. So now in, in my case, you know, we, we had a very beloved cousin who died of an overdose unexpectedly. She was just such a loving, joyful person that we still mourn for her. We just miss her. Um, even though our hearts are heal, of course, and we know she's in heaven, but we just miss her and all the light and life that she brought into our joy. She brought into our life. So talk to me a little bit about how people can comfort each other when they find out this is happening in a family. How do you talk about this with other people? I mean, I think the biggest thing is perception, right? And you hit on so many things right there when you were describing your loved one, their character. This is, this is not a character flaw. They're still beautiful and artistic and creative and yeah. such a gift to this world. And so the fact that, you know, they found, you know, they, they died from something that they weren't supposed to die from. Um, it, it does not reflect their character, but our perception of that person when we find out that, and I was guilty of this, you know, I was guilty of this. Again, I was a poster child, but when I would find out that somebody had a drug issue, immediately my perception of them um, and who they were or their character was immediately changed rather than seeing that this was, that, that this was a disease. You know, a person cannot help if they have a disease, right? And they're doing right. the best that they can. And this is not what they or their family or their loved ones want for them, um, right. especially not what they want for themselves. I right. mean, they have dreams and aspirations as well. Right. So I think I think that's the hardest one. We want to condemn other people. We don't want to be condemned ourselves, and yet we do condemn ourselves sometimes, often. But then we also let that spread, and and we let it create a perception that we're we're condemning other people and and um, judgment and shame. Right? Yeah. Judgment and shame. Yeah. Right. I, I, that's such a challenge, and I, and I think it's a challenge the church needs to be addressing. We, we talk about it a lot. I covered shame and guilt and how you know the difference between what real guilt and real shame are supposed to do. There are healthy emotions God gives us to help us correct behaviors that are hurtful and destructive in our lives. But And so that we'll have better relationships with all the people around us. But what happens is sometimes we get caught in false shame and false guilt. And we don't know the difference. And and I wonder if the church is doing a very good job of, of distinguishing between that so that we're not walking under around, uh, under a pile of sh- shame and guilt that's actually destructive. It's not helping us. It's not accomplishing the purpose that God gave us those emotions to accomplish, right? 
So talk to me a little bit about what you wish the church was doing to help. Like, how can churches help their people? Well, I, I think, you know, because I'm very spiritual. Um, you know, as you can see from the book, is is yeah. a spiritual turn to it. Um, even through everything and all the loss, my faith is one thing that didn't waver. It didn't change. I didn't understand everything, and I was resentful, and I was angry. Um but I understood, you know, that there that I needed to create purpose through the pain, which is where I gave back. Um, as far as the church, you know, it goes back to just the love of God, right? Accepting people for where they are, um, you know, without judgment, uh, opening yeah. your arms and trying to just be there to comfort, support, not to uh, enable, right? But to right. be able to be a soft place for somebody to talk or to to fall if they need to or to reach yeah. out for help and feel safe that they can do that. Um, I think, you know, especially around addiction in particular, uh, there is a stigma, right? There yeah. is a stigma yes. that the church needs to kind of step back and realize that is still a child of God and they still need yeah. help and the families who love them. They don't know what to do either. You know, we're, right. we're all doing the best we can do. And oh my so really goodness. Just circling the wagons, really just circling the wagons for the families or individuals that need that help and just letting you know, the love of God, comfort that person and try to help them. And I think, you know, when people have that belief system behind them, that people are praying for them, people do believe that they can get better. Um, I mean, every bit helps. They're fighting their own demons. Do you know what I mean? We don't need to add to that by turning our backs to people that really need us. Oh, no, I think I think you, you nailed it. That's exactly right. That That is the role of the church from my point of view. We're to be Jesus he came for he loved us when we were yet sinners while while we were at our worst moments when i rejected myself he still reached out for me and uh, i never forget that and then some of my worst decisions were after i accepted him as my savior so he still forgives me and continues to keep doing that and and giving me strength to do something different with my life and that's the offer he makes for everyone there's i mean if he can save me he can save anyone so um, I love that. It came really came through so clearly in your book, Bobby. And the other thing I think is the bewilderment. When I think about all the, the stories I've read so far, I'm not quite finished with the book, but the bewilderment of these parents who did not did not know how to help the child and, and wanted to desperately wanted to and tried everything they could think of. I, I think that came through so clearly. I don't know that the church can give answers but they can sure start a conversation. And, and I, I like this idea for helping people. If you're, in, if you're listening in today and you're thinking, I want my church to do something about this. I need it for my own family or for this family that I love that's near me. And you, you can pull this podcast and present it in your Sunday school class. But you could also ask Barbara just to come to your church. Would you do that for people, Barbara? I mean, Bobby, sorry, I keep wanting to name you after Barbara Bush. <laughs> I don't know. No. I mean, this is the first time that's ever happened to me on an interview. I'm going to have to move that headline away from mine. I know. Isn't that funny? Um, so, yeah. Bobby. No, I absolutely. I mean, I, I truly believe that my daughter, her death will not be in vain. Um, I, you know, I want her looking down and smiling upon yes. me for taking the pain and being able to, to do whatever I can to help any other family. So any opportunities that God puts in front of me, you know, my, my quote is I'm in, um, 
you know, I, I welcome the opportunity and I feel blessed and honored and, and just a tremendous amount of gratitude uh, to be given an opportunity or a platform to be able to help others. So, so if thank you're you. If you're listening in and you want to find Bobby, just, just contact me on my website, kathycraffy.com, and I can connect you with her. Um, we'll figure something out about that when we're done with the show today. Also, um, I want to mention that uh, her book is so outstanding. You're going to want that. That'd make a wonderful uh, recoveries. If you're in a circle of women that are wanting to encourage each other, th- reading a few of these stories each week would be a wonderful way to begin or end a uh, some kind of a study group. Um, that would don't forget you can do that as a book study. Uh, this book, Not in Vain. It's so tender and loving and refreshing to hear other women talk about their own panic and bewilderment and some of the things they tried that did and did not work. And anyway, I think you'll find a lot of comfort in that. Um, So please don't forget to look for that. You can find it on Amazon.com. I don't get paid to present people's books. I just like reading. (laughs) And I think it took a lot of courage to write the book that Bobby's written. So that's why I invited her to be on the show today. So I could ask a few more questions. Is there anything that you want to share before we wrap this up? Um, no, just, you know, again, uh, the tremendous amount of gratitude and, and blessing um, that I feel being given this platform. The book, again, is being donated. 100% of the proceeds that's in the book is being donated to give back not only to the families that uh, want to be proactive or reactive or if they've already lost, but all the proceeds go back to that not in vain mother support group to continue to supporting families and mothers who have gone through a tragedy or a loss like this, because uh, unfortunately, and I don't want to really end on a bad note, but I don't know what better way to say it, but there are times um, where we lose the mothers as well. The pain is just too much to bear. Oh my and goodness. so one of the mothers actually in the book, before the book was published, and I acknowledge her because uh, she actually, her last words were about the book and how much it meant to her to be able to share her mm. son's story. Um, but she didn't make it, and they found her the next day. So um, sorry. So it's the book is you know multifold, right? Take it and use it and honor it um, as it was intended. But the whole purpose is to save lives, you know, to use the pain that others have gone through to try to at least alleviate a little bit of the pain or help others feel that they're not alone, um, whether they're in the throes of addiction or, you know, any spe- any part of the spectrum inside or outside of that. Um, you know, it's, it's just loving other humans, you know, sharing God's love, love loving it. others like God loves us. Right. And that's what I'm you trying know- to do. I want to end on this. I was asked the other day if I thought people could see us that have died and gone to heaven. And Jesus did share a story about a man who asked to warn his brother about something. Now, Jesus knows a lot about heaven. And so I think it's possible. Plus, the Bible says there's a great cloud of witnesses. So it is very likely that we that our people that we love are able to have some kind of understanding of what happens here. And if that's the case, I want to just Give a sweet shout out to your beautiful daughter, Madison, today. And thank you so much, Bobby, for joining us. This is Truth with a Texas Twang, KathyCraffy.com. Oh, no. 
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Johnny and Johnny.